in by Kulusevski. Bang! That is extraordinary! Welcome to Stateside Spurs. We are back uh, and all smiling, honestly. Just not even needing a game plan, not even trying to to find something to say to make you guys smile, but just naturally happy after a 4-1 victory on the weekend against Southampton. So, uh, Chris, you look like you're having some issues there. I'm going to go to Austin first over by the fireplace. Austin, how are you feeling um, after that victory Sunday? Top of the table. Too soon? Warm Warm and toasty over here. Top of the table, never too soon. Never too soon, my friend. Um, you know, here here's the reason it's not too soon. There was there was some decent performances that first weekend, but ours was the best. We'll touch on it later, but we performed better than any other team uh, opening weekend, and I will die on that hill. So I why why shouldn't I be grinning ear to ear? Yeah, uh, Chris, what about you? Any uh, anything, any reason why you're not super excited about that 4-1 victory on Sunday? Why would you have to die on that hill? I don't think you have Saturday. to die on that hill. I think you can run up to the top, and I don't think anybody's going to challenge you to, to to knock you off of that hill. There's no question we performed better than anybody else. I Honestly, I saw a couple of performances that were uh, – I don't know anybody, that anybody came close to how Preach. good we were. And that's – okay, never mind. Dang it! You just shoot, a, just shoot me in the foot. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we had an excellent weekend. I'm all smiles about it. I am ready for this next one. So let's go. Yeah, well, it was a quite impressive, quite impressive victory. I mean, if you think about it, we played to the Southampton team, I believe, in February of last year, February, March of this year. Sorry, uh, and at home, and I think we lost three two. Correct. Um, so it, it was nice. It was nice to get being some- a, in the lead two one, I believe. Yeah, it was nice to get some redemption. Uh, also, just great to win 4-1 uh, without having Kane and Son be either. Uh, scoring zero goals is kind of uh, – you just don't see it often. Spurs scoring four and Kane and Son don't get one. I, I would wonder if that's happened ever outside of like a Europa Conference League game. They, they, uh, I'll look it up because someone had to dig a while to figure that out, and they did figure it out, and I'll, I'll look at yeah. it long as I I think that that has been a while. But first off, Chris, let's just take it to you all since looking that up. But let's talk about the starting lineup. Uh, Chris, you were right. Um, Sessignon got the start, not Perisic. Um, outside of that, I'm pretty sure we we all kind of – well, actually, no, Royale got the start on the right and not Darty. Uh, I believe that's due to some fitness issues or fitness concerns still from that injury that happened in April of last year. But, Chris, uh, thoughts on the lineup as a whole, starting lineup? Uh. He went with the old guard, and uh, Conte said after the game it was more of a kind of a reward to some of the guys who had been there to sell, to basically tell them, I trust you. Now, I don't know how true that is just based on injuries uh, and kind of the stuff we saw coming into that game. I was pleasantly surprised and happy with the lineup when I saw it, and I was even more happy to just see how we played. So lineup was not an issue. 
issue for me. I just looked at it and just said, cool, this is how we're running it. Um, and, and a lot of that probably had to do with the fact that, you know, I had expected, I honestly expected Doherty to get the start, but seeing him on the bench means he's healthy, healthy enough to at least make it Perisic on the bench. Um, yeah, Basuma was a big one to see on the bench, considering he was kind of iffy before that game. So seeing those guys on the bench made me think this was what Conte just felt at this point was his best lineup to run with. And I will take that. Yeah, and so there, there was lots of, I don't know about you guys, so lots of kind of moaning on social media prior to, to kickoff based off of this no new signings in the starting 11. Of course, Richarlson suspended for this match, uh, also having to deal with um, some injuries and, and some, some just kind of setbacks and some players healing um, with Basuma you know, getting a knock and having some COVID in preseason, Perisic returning from a knock and um, but it was good to see them on the bench, like you said, Chris. Uh, Austin, what was your biggest surprise with the starting lineup? I, I guess I would say Perisic not starting, but then I thought about it in like the hour between the, the lineup being announced and the and the, and the uh, match starting, and it, and it made sense to me that he would start with the lineup that we ended last season with. Uh, but I, I, against Perisic not starting, maybe. Um, just because we last time we played Southampton, we struggled to get out. Uh, we, you know, we we had to start Hoybier and Mintecor, but it felt like maybe we would need a wing back like Perisic to help us get out of um, our half to break the press. But I guess that would be my my biggest surprise. But then after thinking about it, you know, it made sense. Yeah, uh, and honestly, I think I was watching the game um, and had some friends over that morning, so they were playing some board games and I was uh, watching the game with Bethany and when Sessignon scored, I said, that is, that's the confidence boost he needs um, heading into the season. I, I don't, I can't think of personally, I can't think of a better player to score a goal our first goal of the season than Ryan Sessignon based off of the confidence, a confidence player and one who needs that confidence. Um, especially, you know, it's going to be him and Perisic on this left side, which is a huge. Did you guys hear about Perisic's comments to him to get him that goal, to help him get it? No, what was it? I, I think it was. Uh, Sessignon said after the game that Perisic came to him and told him, Kyle Walker Peters on that back post is small. He's a small defender. If you get after him, if you get to that back post, just be there when the ball comes. You will have a header and you can score a goal. Just be there. Yeah. And to me, that's the kind of leadership. That's the kind of experience that Perisic brings to the table. That's why you bring a player like him in for two years or one year, I guess, is I think we have him on a two year contract, but that's why you bring a player like him in. He's going to see stuff like that. It's like bringing Pirlo in to train in, train your, your center, mid, your center mids. It's amazing what he's going to be able to teach Sessignon and even Emerson and um, the new kid who quote unquote may be coming in um, this week. Like the things that he will be able to pass along to them about Conte's system and being successful, going to be tremendous. Because if it's already paying dividends, insisting on listening and, and getting a goal out of it, 100%, he's worth every penny we're paying him. Yeah, you know what? Um, I agree. I would, I would. I think that it didn't matter who was playing left wing back. We have to go straight to talking about Kulazeski here, Austin. That ball, yes, uh, and from Kulazeski, um, just magnificent. Leaving, starting where he left off last season, uh, with assisting Sessignon for that first goal. Also contributing a goal of his own um, later on in the second half, uh, and just a huge, 
Uh, I mean, man of the match, I believe, Austin, um, from a Spurs perspective. What can you say about Kulazewski and how quickly he's transitioned into the Premier League? Uh, well, first, real quick, I finally found it. Uh, that is the first time Spurs have scored four or more goals in the Premier League with neither Kane or Son scoring since we beat Huddersfield 4-0 in April of 2019. So we're talking, you know, well over three calendar years since that's happened. That on that day, Lucas scored a hat trick, and Wanyama had a goal. Um, but about Kulusevski, uh, not just man of the match, but easily man of the match. Uh, that ball he put in for the for for Sessegnon's uh, goal was precisely is precisely what we're what we've been missing, right? Um, before January. Um, you can't be changing the background like that on me mid-sentence and expect me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just ridiculous, man. Um, <laughs> before January, that's precisely what we were missing, right? Bale was doing that for us uh, under Mourinho a little bit. And, it, and, and to me, what Kulisevsky is doing on the wide right is exactly what Bale did for us in his cameo appearances under Mourinho. He just He's able to put great balls in from wide. He's able. He's sneaky fast because he's so strong. You can't get around him. Uh, he's really good in the air. He's really good at hold up play. And then he can. He finishes right. He can finish from everywhere with his left foot, uh, but he can put crosses in with his right. So he's really difficult to defend against. And really, what he does is, as the year goes on, if he keeps playing like this, is teams can't just try to mark Son and Kane out of the game. They can't just give Kulusevski space. That's what Mane did for Salah for so many years, right, uh, at Liverpool. The reason Salah has, has continued to – you know, people are like, well, why didn't you just cover Salah? Well, because then you leave Mane wide open, right? Um, at 22 years old, he's kind of a revelation. It, it, it's ridiculous that he has taken to the Premier League so quickly, like a fish to water. Uh, he, he really enjoys the physicality, it seems like, and um, – I just, I just hope it keeps getting better. I mean, he's 22. We can, you got to hope that he just keeps getting better. Yeah, I, I just think him and Bentoncourt are probably just maybe the still, it's still a lot to be seen with the summer signings, but still, I think are the most important signings of this calendar year. And it's the team Bentoncourt almost went to West Ham. <laughs> it's only Liverpool fans that think that Diaz was the best January signing because without Kulisevsky, uh, we would not have sniffed top four. Nope. Uh, last season. Yeah. And Benji as well, but especially Kulisevsky. I mean, go back and look since since February. He's up there in the top three of, of goal contributions, right? And he's just barely started the Premier League. It's it's nuts. Well, we would have, we would have had a wings Hoiberg pivot um, if Benji didn't, didn't come to the, to wrap, to end the season because Skip got hurt. So, uh, I would love to also just transition here to talking about Eric Dyer. Um, you know, just love seeing a defender. Uh, get, getting a goal, especially not off of a set piece. Uh, it was a nice little flick header and it bounced back. But uh, Dyer, um, just our, our defense as a whole, I mean, bar that one little mishap and um, kind of Prouse, I don't even know if he, I think he mishits that maybe into the ground. And But, you know, defense as a whole really stood firm outside of that. So thoughts on defense, uh, Chris? I know, Austin, you're begging to talk, but you just – you know, you just rambled on for a while. Chris, thoughts on our defense? Uh, as I just zoomed into Austin. <laughs> thoughts on our defense there, uh, Chris? Dyer, just, Romero, uh, Davies, Royale, Sessegnon. It's, I will say there's not much to say about our defense except for they were exceptional. 
except to say that the way that they pushed forward and the team compensated for, you know, at, at one point, we all kind of pointed it out. Our pointed it out that at one point our front three was Romero, Dyer and Davies all in the box. Oh, that was, um, I think thanks for putting that in. Yeah. Just saying we did. We pointed it out, <laughs> but to see all three of them getting forward and to get a goal out of it, to see goals coming from the defensive line. Um, it's I I have the utmost confidence in that back three. Um, I'm while I think Davies could have been upgraded with a better player. I'm happy that it's still Davies, if, if that makes sense. I'm I'm happy with the back three as they are. I think that is the back three that's going to carry us forward. Um, so yeah, it's not much to add except they were phenomenal on the day. I, I there's not much else to say. They were great. Yeah. Um, what is this background? Uh, come on, we're in uh, we're in the kitchen. So uh, sorry, I just found out Skype backgrounds is like a, a video screen that puts us so many options here. Uh, no, I, I agree. I thought Royale um, had a very good game as well. I mean, he assisted Kulazeski's goal. Uh, he just keeps bombing up the pitch, and I know he doesn't give us as much on the right as we have on the left, but I probably still his think best game or. One of his best games in a uh, in a Spurs shirt. Okay. Yeah. His best game in a Spurs shirt for me. Yeah, and I and I think that's a testament to Conte, but also to him to just continue to buy. And there's been so many talks about Royale being sold this season. They even happened before the season ended that he was got the guy gone, uh, and we've now brought in another right uh, wing back, and it looks like he still has a place in this team. Uh, currently, we still have about 22 days until the transfer window closes. Um, the other, the other player I want to touch on is, is um, Sun and Kane here. Uh, neither score a goal. Uh, who of the two, Austin, had a, a, a worse performance on Saturday? Not that either had a bad performance, but who was less impressive? You know, I think it was actually Kane. And the only reason I say that is because the touch map show that he did not get a lot of touches on the ball. And I don't think that's necessarily his fault. I think Southampton set themselves up to track Kane and prevent him from getting touches. Southern did have two or three good opportunities to score and didn't convert, but he, he but he put, you know, he put two of them on target and, and one of which he probably should have passed to Kane, but son, son overall, I think had a pretty good game. I, I don't think even though they had a bad game. Yeah. I just think, I think Kane, it was one of those matches where Southampton set out to, we're going to mark Kane and we're going to not let Kane and Kulisevsky destroyed him instead. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that goes exactly to what you were saying about Kulisevsky being a great third option so that you can't mark out. You can't just mark those exactly. two and get away. If, if, if you if you devote your entire defensive game plan to marking Kane out of the game, fine. But that means you're going to leave Sun and Kulisevsky. Because on another day, Sun scores at least one of those two chances, right? Um, so... Uh, I, I would say it was Kane, but it wasn't out of his own doing. I think it was just more of he didn't get a lot of quality touches on the ball because Southampton were tracking Kim more. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I I also think that, um, yeah, I think they both played the same. Kane had a really good shot on target, and their young keeper made a great save. Uh, in the first half, but really outside of that, Kane didn't have a lot of opportunities or chances, and I think that's that's okay when you win four to one because that means that they're you know they're leaving space open for other players to exploit, uh, which players give us so much space, right? Like so much space all the time. Yeah. Um, 
are Southampton as bad uh, as you thought they were? Are they better than you thought they were? Or are they worse than they thought you were? They were, Chris. Ooh. Um, was that more about Tottenham being really good or the, South- uh, <laughs> in the rankings? Was that I didn't more expect about- them to be very good to begin with. Hold on, Chris, I expected Chris. them. Was that no. more Tottenham being good or Southampton being bad? That that four run result. That was us being good. That was okay. Spurs being good. They score. Uh, you you have to give credit to Southampton for coming out and getting that first goal. But when you factor in the response from Spurs after the goal goes in, normally I would ex- uh, like I honestly feel like I would expect heads to drop and it to be a slog back into the game. But those players kept their heads up and they routed Southampton after that. So. That was 100% Spurs being good more than it was Southampton just being a bad club. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think we played we played them off the park. Even going down one early, I I wasn't very concerned and just which is weird there's a new there's a new belief there's a new belief with this club, right, Austin? So, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, here's all you need to know in the group chat. Who was the one that was? Being Mr. Optimism in the group chat, it wasn't Colin. It, I wasn't saying anything. It was just, the ones saying. I think. I think the only thing I said was that Ward Prowse was scoring. Yeah, we, yeah because 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 you're you're big on this whole thing that Ward Prowse is world class and that we. No, I think Ward Prowse is a great squad player. He 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 would never touch the field for us. But if you could give well, me Ward Prowse. That is a separate discussion. No, no, no. I was I, worried because I knew that that goal was a very low percentage goal, and I wanted to see how we reacted. And to Chris's point, and I was saying this repeatedly in the group thread, um, the most encouraging thing out of that match was not the four, fact that we scored four goals because we could have scored more. It's not the fact that we controlled uh, 79 of the 90 minutes of that match. Um, it's not the fact that Southampton never got another, got one other decent sniff at goal the rest of the match after their game, after their goal, which was a fluke through like ball, like long ball that just happened to bounce through for them, and, and Hugo made a good save. The the most important thing about that match is the fact that as soon as that goal went in, we played better, right? Every player on that pitch just went about their business and said we're going to get our chances, and we took it, right? We should have been up 3-1 going into half, at least 3-1 going into half. And what I said at halftime to both of y'all was, I love the response. It's the best response I've seen of us going down my in my entire Spurs-watching career. I want to see how we come out the second half. In the second half, Session coolly finishes off a goal, but he was offside. And that set the tone for the entire half. Like 30 seconds into the half, we created a goal scoring opportunity. Session was offside. Okay, fine. We went about our business and we just dogged that whole second half. They literally had like a like 90 seconds of 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 dominance. We controlled 95% of that second half and just completely killed them off and killed their 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 spirit. We we killed their entire will to, to even compete. Um, we played them off the park, even though we went down one goal. And that's the biggest takeaway. That is the biggest piece of optimism any Spurs fan should be taking from that game. Yeah. Uh, 
I think it's time to, to transition to my favorite uh, part of the show here. Uh, Colin's fun, Colin's cues. I keep, I keep calling it fun cues when I type it in my Google Drive. Off we go start off this section with uh, one of my favorite games is are you buying or selling so i'm going to give you something based off the first weekend of the premier league this is, like old, school, uh, this is like old school uh around the horn buy or sell yeah buy or sell yeah that's uh, true okay this is collins around the horn edition all right uh are you buying or selling so i'm going to go through these uh, list of a few topics i've um, thought of and I'll let, you, I'll let you both have a chance buying or selling. I'm going to cap it to 30 seconds each, and I will cut you off. I will mute you if you don't stop when I ask you to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just just for the sake of not Colin's aimed at me. Piece. That was absolutely not named. No, 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 no. It's just for the sake of keeping right. this, you know, at a timely manner because this is Colin's quick cues or fun cues, not, um, you know, your guys' discussion. Uh, so. Not Austin from the podcast. Okay, I get it. I got you. No, 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 no. Uh, all right, timer. Got it here. Uh, he thought I was joking. Yeah, <laughs> I, did. I thought you were just like ballparking. No, 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 no. no. This is all right. Like- so, uh, Chris, you're gonna be first. Buying or selling? Erling Holland. Buying. You have 30 that's seconds. All. That's all. Okay. okay. Cool. I more than that. <laughs> no, you don't have to. No, you can do less. You can do less than 30. Yeah. I'm, just, I'll just I, say I'm trying to give Austin some time. Weekend. You know? um, he was in the right places, and Manchester City looked to have kind of adjusted to having a, a center forward, a real center forward that they can play around, and that's a little scary. Austin, Erling Holland. Buying. I, I will say the only reason anyone would ever sell is he has injury um, issues in his past, and he's young. Uh, he's big. The first time he gets two-legged tackled um, by someone, and I'm like, well, Burnley's not in the league anymore, and that, that's who I would have guessed. Uh, we'll, we'll see how he reacts the first time he gets bodied up in the Premier League. But and I mean, all sides point you. Thank you. Uh, next question. Um, United's struggles. Are you buying the struggles? Are you selling? Like, are you, are you are they real? Are they in real trouble, or are they are they fine? Uh, they're they're in a lot of trouble. That Same. yeah. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of personality issues in the in the, in the locker room. They've got a tactics issue of who the hell do they start? They have a transfer issues of who they bring in to help fix this. They have a Ronaldo issue that is an elephant in the room. They've got Tim Hogg, who's never managed these types of personalities. They've got a lot of issues to sort out. Yeah. In case you didn't, we were talking about this before, Colin, before you popped in. Um, I I honestly disagree with you guys. And and I, I know Austin, I think, was kind of on the same wavelength. But I don't think Ten Hag gets the full year if they're not in, uh, in the hunt for top four at Christmas. Uh, I think at that point they – panic by and make a move and fire him and try and go get like Pochettino or somebody like that to come take over United. God, I hope Poch still won't work, there. but yeah. yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see that club having the, for, the, the foresight to, to hang on to a good manager. So yeah. Erickson is a false nine. That was interesting. Um, yeah. Interesting lineup. 
Liverpool uh, shows weakness against Fulham. Wait, how's that buying or selling? Are you buying that they're they're actually that was a fluke, or is that is that something that the league can be can catch on to? Are you buying Liverpool as a weaker is a weak club. A weak, uh, shows weaknesses to their club. Aging midfield, Thiago's out. I'm Fulham, buying. Fulham, Fulham, hit, Fulham hit, the, hit them with the press. Uh, are yeah. Liverpool in trouble this season? I will buy that they have weaknesses. I do not think they are in trouble. I think that they do have a weak spot. I just don't think it's something that. Let me let me rephrase the question. I wrote two down here at Liverpool. This one will be easier to answer from a buying selling perspective. Liverpool win against Fulham if they start Nunes. I still think they have problems. <laughs> Are they winning against Fulham I, if they start Nunez over Firmino? I think he scores a goal. I still think they – I just still think they have issues with – He did score a goal. He scored a beautiful goal. And, uh, he did, and, and that's not what I mean. And, and I, They have issues beyond their front three. Yeah, yeah. There's, okay. There are issues there. That's all I can say. Okay. Austin. Uh, Nunez's goal was more of a fluke than a beautiful goal because he tried it like three times and it came off once and it barely came off. He's a flair player. He's going to take time to bet in. Uh, their biggest issues are the defense. People are fi- are figuring out that Robertson and, and Alexander do not defend very well. Alexander was completely at fault for the Mitrovic first goal. Yeah. Uh, Robertson and him aren't defenders. They're midfielders playing as fullbacks. And if their midfield does not dominate the game with Fabinho and whoever else is in there, you can get after them. And with Thiago out, they have weaknesses. Uh, Van Dyke can't keep playing a one-man defensive line forever, right? Yeah, Mitrovic, um, that, that kind of leads into my next question because Mitrovic kind of had uh, Van Dyke in his pocket. Um, and so my next question is, Is Mitrovic, uh, are you buying or selling Mitrovic having a good season for Fulham this year? He's having a good season. I don't know how many goals he'll score because the service may be infrequent or inconsistent. But he may start really hot and get, you know, 10 goals before the World Cup. And then, you know, anything in double digits for him is going to be great for Fulham. If he gets the 15 goals, Fulham stays up is what I think. And based on that performance and his confidence, something drastic is going to have to happen for him to not get to that level. Um I think Mitrovic is in for a good season. Uh, anyone want to, anyone here want to take Fulham out of their bottom three? Not yet, but I'm thinking about it after that performance. Let's see, <laughs> let's see, when we do our mid-season adjustments, we'll see. Because yeah. I mean, it's really good. All right. All right, next question: uh, Are you buying or selling the Arsenal hype after their win uh, at uh, Selhurst Park, Chris? Okay. Selling. I still think there's a lot of issues there. Um, they fix some things, but I'm of the opinion that they, as many good players as they go get, as good as their transfer strategy is, they still have a poor manager who at times is just absolutely outcoached. And you can only suffer that so many times and still stay in the top, the top six race. So yeah, selling. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, awesome. Go ahead. Let me give you some stats here. Uh, Crystal Palace had 56% of possession. They both had the same number of shots. Uh, but Crystal Palace had 1.35 XG. 
Arsenal one one two seven. Arsenal were that thief, that, that team in FIFA that shit housed their way to a two 0 win when they should have either drawn one one or lost. Uh, Palace had the better chances. They controlled all the second half. Uh, Arsenal struggled for most of that game. Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus was the only bright spot in their in their performance. Uh, they really struggled against Palace. If Palace had a better number nine, uh, they win that game. Not not tie. They win that game. I am thoroughly unconvinced by Arsenal after that performance. We'll see how it moves on. They played away at Palace, a, a fixture they usually don't do well in, but thoroughly unconvinced. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm guess I'll go with you first since he's not here. Uh, wait, that doesn't. I'm here. Too. I'm still here. Don't worry. It's not I'm sure. screen. I'm here. Don't worry. Right, it's a little lodge here. Uh, okay, Gerard will be fired before Lampard. Uh, my the thought process behind this is Ollie Watkins and Tyrone Mings uh, start their opener on the bench against Bournemouth. They lose two nil. Wait, no. Um, mm, mm, I still think Lampard is more likely to go first. But, I mean, the, the the expectations for Villa are much higher. So that's a really good – that's actually a very tough question to answer because the expectations for Lampard and Everton are just don't be shit. The expectations for Villa are European spots almost. Damn, that's a really tough question. Um, I'm going to still stick with Lampard going first, but that first week, that first match week really made me question Chris, the question here is uh, Gerard will be fired before Lampard. Are you buying or selling that? Ooh. Ollie Watkins and Tyron Mings both benched uh, to start the weekend uh, at Bournemouth, and they lose 2-0 on the road. That is a tough call. Um, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to say he gets... uh, one of those two. I, I honestly think one of those two is getting ousted before Christmas. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll take it. Okay. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you here okay. first. Do, do um, Spurs have the best front three in the Premier League? Yes. Fuck. There's no other explanation needed. Cool is sexy. Buying Austin. the kid. <laughs> Austin? Yeah, you know... Um, I can't see your face. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you've disappeared, Austin. Uh, well, I had to put my phone on and charge so I could keep my audio the same on like last time when I did all the uh, raucousness. Yeah, I did. I did get a text from someone saying, "Can someone please buy Austin a mic?" <laughs> I have a much. I have a mic, but I had to change my audio last week. It sucked, so I, I, I'm charging my phone wirelessly while I'm plugged in here. Um. I actually think we do, and the reason is Kulisewski, because I mean. Listen, Son and Kane are undoubtedly both world-class forwards. Undoubtedly world-class. Uh, Diaz isn't there yet. He's not world-class yet. He hasn't proven over many years to be world-class, right? Uh, Nunez is brand new to the Premier League. Uh, Holland is world-class already at his young age, but who is the front three for Man City? It changes so often, right? Yeah, I mean, you would pick probably, I think Grealish starts on the left and uh, or Foden on the left and Mahrez on the right. Or, uh, oh, I would take Son and, Son and Kulisewski over those two easily, and I'd still pick Kane over Holland right now in yeah. today. today. 
uh, before you make this into a different conversation. Call. No, I know, I know, I know. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think we'll be at Kane right I, now. So you just got a front three. Honestly, I, I actually think we do have the best front three in the in the Premier League. And I mean, Chelsea and and Arsenal aren't even in the discussion. Yeah, no, I, I think, man, watching Holland on the weekend, he is fast too. I don't he's know. too fast for his own good. He, I he's, didn't realize he was that fast. I mean, he's big and he's fast. His um, knees, he's is his knees stay healthy. He's 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 scary. It's all going to be about his knees. Yeah. You know, I'd be interested. Uh, just that's the last of the buying or selling. I have one more question after that, but I, I wouldn't to go into this because there's so many play, teams in the Premier League that need a striker. And if yeah. you know, if Villa's not going to be starting Ollie Watkins, you would imagine someone like would be going in for Watkins. I mean, Austin, you've been high on Watkins in the past. Oh, my play, God. This is a player you would love to have at top of the Yes. Ollie Watkins, he's homegrown. He's young. He plays as a number nine but can play out wide. He's like we're Charleston but English in a lot of ways, right? I mean, he's made not as big, but he's got all the athletic and technical skills Plus, he's homegrown and he's used to the Premier League. Uh, I didn't, admittedly, I did not watch any of the Avila match, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not abreast of all the, uh, the situations there. I don't know what's going on there because he should be a nailed-on starter for them. I mean, he should be the player that everyone preseason is saying Villa is going to live or die by the season that Watkins had. So, uh, Gerald not playing him is, 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 is baffling to me. Um, you know, I think he's the perfect player to come in and learn from a from a Harry Kane or, you know, and and, and learn the trade of being a Premier League number nine. Uh, yeah, I would I would love to have him on our in our squad. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question here. This is a transfer um, transfer window question. Um, and it's just more of a curiosity based off of. The match that we just had, plus some 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 swirling rumors, plus some player a player that we've already um, added to our squad. So you get to choose one player from this list uh, for this price point. The rest of the money you could use. Um, so the max would be 60 million for Richarlson. That's what we paid for. Would you choose Richarlson for 60 million, Madison for 50 million, or Word Prowse for 30 million? Chris first. With all things, uh, everything yeah, like, else like, being as is. Yeah, like we didn't have Richarlson, which which, and then you could invest the other thirty or ten million if you didn't choose Richarlson. Like, what would you choose? What what's what's the player you would choose here? I would probably still stick with Richarlson. We need a backup forward, and he fills other gaps. So yeah, I'd probably still stick with Richarlson. Austin. Uh, Richarlson. I mean, Madison at fifty million is, is decent. Uh, Ward Prowse at thirty million is a, is a ridiculous no go for me. Uh, <laughs> Not high on JWP. Sixty million seems like a lot, but it's a player that is just now entering his prime. Is going to learn from Son and Kane, and is a player that we could have for a while. I mean, he's primarily proven. He carried Everton and kept them up almost single handedly. Richarlson for me is the obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with Richarlson only because we need a striker uh, and you can play all three of those front positions. Uh, I would take Ward Prowse over Madison for the, those two price points uh, personally, but 
Um, that's just because I'm building a, a, if I'm looking for a depth, uh, for squad depth, I think WordPress fits that better than Mass. I think Madison <clears throat> needs to be on a team that he gets like a lot of regular playing time or starts to keep him happy. But the game kind of flows through him, right? Yeah, and he's not going to be a guy that wants to come in at 65, 70 minutes. He's going to be a guy that wants to start. Where WordPress, you could bring in, he could be taking step. You know, you're coming on, you're throwing bodies forward. He's the guy that you want to be taking those free kicks in the last 20 minutes of the game. Uh, you know, 30 million bucks for for 10 goals and five assists. It's not bad. Not a bad return. Um, all right, let's talk about this big match on Sunday, Stanford Bridge. Um, we we are are bogey. Is this the worst? Is this game, this fixture, Chris? Is this the fixture you least look forward to, um, just from expectations? You mean? Like this that, one, go, just in general, anytime you go to, to Stanford Bridge as a Spurs fan. No, I, I, I honestly, because I, in previous years, I've just learned to not expect much from it. So I've never really built it up as just, oh, we're going to go to Stanford Bridge and win. Because um, the one that I look forward to the least is probably going away to the Red Scum. Um, oh, I love that one. I I don't. I love because I mean I don't know. Chelsea's just so Chelsea's just been so much better than us. It's really it really depends on the on the Spurs fan and which of those two clubs do you honestly hate more. I am of the opinion that I honestly hate Arsenal more because I've just hated them for longer. Um, and I've just learned that since you know Chelsea are oil money rich and they just bought players without you know any repercussions. Um, to just know we're going to go to Chelsea and I don't really expect much. Now that changed this season. I think we are a better team than we have previously been. And I think we're a better team than Chelsea are. I don't think Tuchel has figured out his best starting lineup. I think he has a whole list of issues to work through that I think um, we have already worked out. So I feel better going into this than I have in far better in this than previous seasons, but is this the one that I just mark on my calendars uh, away at Chelsea? No, not really. Uh, not in previous years. It's never been, it's, it's a stressful one, but is this, is it as bad as Arsenal for me? No, not, not really. Awesome. What about you? So I'll reiterate the, the classic uh, Spurs saying of, I hate Arsenal because I'm a Spurs fan. I hate Chelsea because I'm a human being. Um, I Arsenal matches give me more stress because I care about beating them more. But the away to Stanford Bridge is one that I expect the least out of usually because we have such a poor history there. So it's not that I go into the matches away to Chelsea more stressed out or dreading more. It's more of I expect the least out of that match, right? Uh, the Arsenal matches mean more to me because I want to beat them so badly. The Chelsea matches is like, if we if we beat them, great. If we don't, now it's going to change because the ownership has changed, right? But under the Abramovich era, it was like, well, if we didn't win, who cares? They beat, they buy all their victories. Okay, cool. Now it's going to be a little bit different. We'll see how it changes. Uh, but the Stanford Bridge match is definitely more of... I, I'm expecting less coming out of it. So that's why I'm so excited this time around, uh, given where our team is and their team is. But the Arsenal matches, both home and away, give me much more heartburn than, than Chelsea matches. And I know, I know you're kind of the opposite, Colin, but 
I just care more about being Arsenal than I do about Chelsea. And, and part of that is because Chelsea have, have purchased so much more victory, so much more success than us that it's like, okay, fine. You want to spend a bajillion dollars and, and game your way, game the system, fine, whatever. Um, anytime we get a result over them, it's pretty sweet. But Arsenal's like the OU Texas to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, regardless of how shit we are, I want to destroy Arsenal. Cool. Yeah, I also always want to destroy Arsenal. Uh, my, <laughs> I always just have felt like Chelsea, bar that Ericsson game where he scored and we won at the bridge, I think it was like four years ago. Um, Mad juju there. It, it just doesn't feel... There's been times, it's the, I mean, the battle of the bridge, right? We go in, we're the better team clearly, and still go up two goals, and still there's a way um, for Chelsea to come back. So that is, uh, this is a great test, I think, for this team, for Conte, for these players, uh, for, the, for their mental game here um, as a club. What's our mentality going to be like going into Sanford Bridge where um, we might actually end up being the favorites? I don't even know from a sports betting perspective. Well, I will... Uh, this is the first time in my 12 years as a Spurs fan. I'm excited going into Chelsea away. This is easily the first time of any competition that I'm excited going into a uh, Spurs match away to Chelsea. So I will tell you that much. Yeah, it looks like um, actually no Chelsea is so Chelsea's still the favorites, but we're not far. I mean, they're, they're, they're plus money. It's been a long time since they've been plus money uh, against us. So. Uh, Chris, your expectations for this game on Sunday, uh, first London Derby of the season, uh, same starting 11 as we saw against Southampton, or will he change it up? I think he's going to run it back. Um, I think he's going to stay with that same starting lineup just because it worked so well and, you know, kind of why change it? Why change a good thing? Um, if there's not a reason and there's no real reason to change that starting lineup. Unless, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in training. I don't know if something will change there. But, no, uh, I expect him to run it back. I expect to see the same group come out against Chelsea. Same for you? Yeah, I don't think think he's ready to put the sumo or Perisic into the starting lineup. And Session had his – we didn't explicitly say it, but Session also had his best game in a Spurs shirt, like – Head and shoulders, his best game in the Spurs shirt um, as well. And then Emerson also played well. So, I mean, there's no reason to change anything. I mean, I don't know who you would put in. There's no reason to, to take Kulisevsky out for Richarlison when Kulisevsky just had, you know, man-of-match performance. So, uh, I think he's going to run it back, and we might see um, very similar subs maybe earlier, depending on how the game's flowing. But, no, that's the, that's the lineup we're going to see. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think that Conte is going to, uh, you know, I was reading some of the, the things that he said post-match and that he, um, these players fought for the right to, to be in the top four um, last season. These players have proved to him. And so I think that a lot of that is that he trusts these players. And I think Conte is a big player, a big coach that needs to trust his players. And so uh, that makes, that does make me feel good that he has these um, 11 players outside of these new signings that he trusts, on top of some other players like Skip and um, you know Doherty he trusts, it's clear. Lucas he trusts, and so uh, there are these other players that are, I think even Sanchez he trusts, and so there, there are other players in the squad 
outside of these signings that really give us a really depth, uh, squad depth that we've needed for a long time. Austin, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's the other big thing about what, what happened uh, on opening match day, was that uh, we didn't just win in a dominant fashion, but win in dominant fashion without any of the new players really having a big impact on the game. I know Perisic came in on 60 minutes, but it's not like we didn't have the game wrapped up before then, right? It was it was our old guard. It was our it was our team from last season that put that dominant performance in, and that means that all of our new signings that have come in are adding so much quality to our team. All six of them, they're gonna have to work their boots off to get into the starting eleven. You know, we've talked about how how Conte used like fourteen or fifteen players at most for the last six months of the season. That's all he used. Well. All six of these players means that he has a 22-man squad now of all equal quality, right? Um, and that was really huge for me. And I think he's going to keep writing it until he sees a need for a change or fatigue and, and match uh, congestion uh, sees a need for a change because Session, Emerson, Kulisevsky, so many players stepped up um, in positions where we bought in their position over the summer. All right, Chris, with Richarlson coming back from suspension and with Skip possibly returning from injury in the next couple of weeks, um, you can now only have a bench of nine players. Let me read off the bench that we had, um, the, the players we had on the bench this past weekend. Uh, and let me know who you would take off if you were fielding the strongest bench possible. You ready? Our bench this weekend was uh, Longley, Basuma, Perisic, Doherty, Mora, Sanchez, Fraser Forster, Jed Spence, and Brian Hill. Who are the two players you take off to add Skip and Richarlson? Your, your mic's muted, Chris. It sounds great, though. My bad, my bad. Um, Hill's probably coming off because he is, there's a lot of rumors moving around him that um, he might be going on loan anyway. Um, ooh, the second one is a little more difficult because there, uh, ooh, there's just not a lot of space to move players around. Um, if I if I personally had to pick, I would. It's got to be. It's got to be a. It's got to be a right wing back, right? We have three on the bench. That's what bench. I'm saying. If I had to pick, it'd have to end up being Jed Spence to take out. I mean, he's. The youngest yeah. one there, he's inexperienced. We haven't seen him. Whereas you know what you're going to get if you bring Darty on to the pitch. So it would have to end up being Hill yeah. and Spence. And yeah, you, you know, Spence need, you is going to get his moments in the uh, in cup games anyway. You don't need five wingbacks. Also, I muted you on accident, so you have to unmute yourself real quick because I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, all right, do you have the same players you leave off Spence and, and Hill to add in Skip and Richardson? Yep. Yeah, those are the two players you leave off. Uh, Hill Hill's. Hill was on there to make up numbers. I think I don't think we ever expected to see him come onto the pitch. And then Judd Spence just isn't. I mean, he's, he's so brand new, right? Um, I think he will get minutes uh, this season, but I don't think. I think if you say right now, right, um, it definitely be Judd Spence. Yeah, uh, Chelsea have not made a complete list of signings yet. Their transfer window still looks like they have a lot of uh, in the works. They have added. Uh, some players, they've lost some players. Timo Warner has gone out uh, back to Leipzig for, I believe, around $20 million. That's a big loss. I mean, they spent a lot of money on him. Lukaku has gone back. Uh, they've lost as they've lost Rudiger and Christensen. 
Uh, it looks like Alonso and Aspilicueta are trying to leave to Barcelona, who, who knows how they're going to sign any players. I'm down Barcelona at this point. I think Aspilicueta is staying, but Alonso still wants to leave. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the, the new players, right? It's, you have Sterling, you have Koulibaly, you have... Um, Cucurella. Cucurella, they just brought in. Um, so you, they have they brought some new players in. This this Chelsea squad. Um, how do how do we lose this game, Austin, on Sunday? Um, if they start Cucurella and he plays out of his mind, and if our defenders lose track of Sterling, that's it. Because their entire game board, uh, based off last game, is Sterling making stuff happen. Uh, Habert's played like shit. Uh, they they refuse to play Christian Pulisic for some reason. Um, they don't really have a focal point of their attack. So Sterling with a ma- with a moment of magic and Cucurella playing out of his mind. I'm I'm guessing Cucurella is probably going to get a start. Um, and they're hoping he'll be the Reese James on the left, right? Uh, left correct, I should say. Um, that's how we lose this game. If we mark Sterling out of the game um, and our right side plays well against Cucurella, um, I think we'll, we'll be fine. But that's how we lose the game is, is Sterling. We lose track of it. Honestly, I'm, I, I hate to sound like cocky, but Sterling playing in a central position doesn't scare me as much as he did playing for City out, out wide. So, yeah. Um, that's fair. Uh, Austin, uh, Chris, uh, I'm, I'm going to go straight to you here. Um, prediction Sunday. Uh, I, I think this is probably... Uh, th- this game has a huge... Uh, I, I think this game can have huge implications on the rest of this league. I think if, if we win this game in convincing fashion, then I think all of a sudden there's some talk about this Spurs team uh, actually being title contenders uh chris you might not think that but you're gonna give me a prediction here that hopefully backs that <laughs> <laughs> no i i i agree with your assessment that this is kind of a um it's weird to have a season defining point this early you know mm-hmm. um two games in there's your second it's match week two and you're already thinking like this could set the tone for the rest of the season but i think you're right um Chelsea are supposed to be a strong team. So I honestly think um prediction wise, score line wise, it's gonna be three to one Spurs. Oh, you son of a bitch. And uh <laughs> but no, I I just I honestly think what's gonna happen is because it's Chelsea Spurs, Chelsea are gonna come flying out of the gate. They're gonna score a goal. They are going to expect us to fold. We will not, and we will notch three goals. Um. Yeah, that's the best way I can put it. But I, I feel like we respond in this game. I feel like there's Chelsea are there for the taking. It's early enough in the season, and I don't don't think Thomas Tuchel has figured out how he wants them to line up or how he wants them to play yet. Anyway, it's the best time to play them. Uh, all right, Chris goes with a three-one victory on Sunday. Bethany, who wins against? Uh, she's behind me. Bethany, Sunday against Chelsea. What's we the score? We wouldn't know that. We oh, have these weird backgrounds this. going. I changed it. <laughs> huh? Two-nil Tottenham. Uh, two, accent. Two-nil two, two Tottenham with an accent. She also she also wanted to let you guys know that so far she is correctly predicting the table with Tottenham uh, at the top of the table. So. 
That's right. Um, that you guys suck at predictions, and including myself. Uh, Austin, what is the score what here? Was on- last week. Huh? I said four nil, didn't I last week? No, she, I'm talking about the end of season predictions. She has Tottenham number one, and we're first. In the oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, oh, Austin, what's your uh, prediction here? The weekend. Well, Chris stole my three one. I will say that I think it, I see it happening a little bit different. I think we score first. Um, well, I'm not gonna change my prediction just because you stole it. I'm not gonna like. You know, I thought about this. Um, I think I think we st- we win three one. We score first, but they pay us back, and we have to weather that, and we end up scoring uh, one or two more to to to, uh, to win three one. I think all all of our front three score. I think each of our front three get on the score sheet. I don't know if you guys remember the Champions League final. It may have been 2011 with uh, Barcelona Manchester United. Um, where each of the front three of Messi and uh, who else was was Davidia and who was the third player in that front three? All three of them scored. And even though I think no, United didn't score. They never they never looked in doubt. All all three of them notched their goal. They looked comfortable. Um, I think the game's going to play out like that, but I think Chelsea being at Chelsea, they'll still find a way to scrap a goal and make us nervous. But part of me just thinks that we're on form and they're still gelling. They have a lot to figure out over there at Chelsea. And uh, we're already in midseason form, it feels like. So I'm going to go 3-1. All right. Here's the uh, last question to wrap this pot up. Which... <laughs> What's your oh. prediction? Oh, yeah, yeah. 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one, top one. Okay, I like squeaky. I can dig it. Squeaky butthole, uh, Kane and Son. Back to back so to. We go two nil and then give up a goal and have to hold on, or do we score? No, we go down early and we come back. Uh, yeah. Who scores the winner, Kane or Son? Oh, Kane, and he rips off his face mask and runs to the. the <laughs> <way and stuff. laughs> we drew that game when he ripped off his the face mask. Face mask is for no reason whatsoever. Just <laughs> off and we and we and we drew that game to a late penalty. Yeah. That's okay. Deli, Deli's in the stands and throws in the face mask right before he shoots and it's, it's rips it <laughs> Um, the, all right, top six team. Which is the top six team most likely to go down this weekend? Last week. Uh, you two picked Arsenal. I picked City. We were all wrong. Uh, the matches, I'll go ahead and read them off for you. I see Chris frantically searching for them on the yeah, internet. I was say. Uh, Absolutely. I'm but looking. I'll go ahead and read them off for you. Uh, Arsenal at home against Leicester. Man City at home against Bournemouth. Man United on the road against Brentford. Uh, Tottenham against Chelsea. And then Pal- Liverpool at home against Palace. The so team most likely is most likely to lose. To drop, to, to, to lose, most likely to lose. Okay. I mean, basically all the predictions we have to say Chelsea, right? United. What'd you say? I'll go first. It's Manchester United. Well, I mean, it, we we picked Tottenham to beat Chelsea, so wouldn't we have to pick Chelsea here? I mean, yes. Not necessarily. No, because I still think it's more likely Manchester United loses to Brentford than we beat Chelsea. Okay, that's I think are that much of a sh- uh, in a shit situation, and Brentford aren't that bad. So, Chris, what are your thoughts? Same. Uh, I honestly would agree. United could go down and could go down hard. Again, I I still think Ten Hag's not going to last till Christmas. So, well, that sounds like a bet. It's not a bet. Uh, I <laughs> I, I, 
Still got that. Ten hogs still get back from World Cup. Yes. I think he is. Mm. I think firing Sin Hog and going for Pochettino is redundant. Yeah, but and that's, that's United. Men so. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, think, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but eventually, I think you have to learn your lesson. And I think that's kind of like what Levy's done eventually. But, He's learned his lesson. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of variables that happen. It but, took Levy 20 years. <laughs> it did. Well, United's been, has been kind of struggling since Moyes took over. Uh, or, it's been it's only been about eight uh, since since Ferguson left, so they still have some some growing to do, I think. Yeah, uh, right, I'm gonna pick. I mean, the easy one, United. So I guess I'll say Chelsea since I predicted Tottenham to win. But uh, all right, well guys, we uh, we'll be back early next week. Uh, hold us to our predictions once again. Bethany, uh, so far so good. Tottenham top of the table. Um, I think. We're top of the league. We're yeah. Top of the league. And so far, our relegation doesn't look too good because Bournemouth and Fulham both won. But you know what? It's, it's a long season. Uh, who, who, Chris, Chris Austin, who are you more surprised by his performance, uh, Bournemouth or Fulham? Fulham. Yeah. It wasn't just Mitrovic. Fulham took the fucking game to Liverpool. You know, Villa, Bournemouth played Villa, right? Yeah, I agree. I thought yeah, I mean, Villa, Villa might need some time to, to grow into the season, but Liverpool looked proper struggle busing, right? I mean, it looked – Liverpool were – I mean, let's, let's face it. That solid goal was a fluke goal. That ball just fell to his feet, and he's like, oh, look at this. happened, right? Uh, Nunez backheeled that goal in, but, I mean, Fulham probably should have had at least three goals in that match. I mean, Fulham on balance of play – Probably should have won that match, regardless of what commentator said. I was not expecting that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good games um, this weekend. I'll, I'll be interested to see. I liked how the, what this Leeds team Leeds. looked like as well. So Leeds with a big performance there. And I, honestly, a huge respect to to Graham Potter. What he's getting out of this Brighton team, minus Basuma and Cucurella, is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. So. All right, guys, until next weekend, uh, as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Love it.